Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I'm Ashley Pickle, the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine and texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us on Facebook YouTube, Twitch, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting over here, sitting over there at the helm. It's everyone's favorite, Malpal. Hi, Malpal. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, I was six to say this, you it's know. It's been a good week. I was six to say, yeah, it feels fairly normal at this point <laughs> right I'm like oh I gotta go produce the show again like it's just kind of a, a thing that I've yeah we're on a into my schedule now, now. Yeah. yeah exactly um, I like it so yeah I guess you know Tepper will come back eventually Bleh. yeah I'm just saying that because he gave me a hard time yesterday he was like hey just a reminder like remember to post the actual podcast which by <laughs> the way all of the ones from this yes. week should be back in y'all's feed I'm very sorry for the delay it's we just we got busy and forgot to do it. Um, yeah. But he was like, hey, I need you to post those so I can criticize your hosting. So that's the only reason I'm giving Tepper <laughs> crap right now. Um, we miss him. We- um, today is Wednesday, December 9th, 350 days until Thanksgiving, December 9th. So I'm going to go ahead and do a make good that I should have done yesterday on birthdays. I feel awful that I missed it. Um, yesterday was the birthday of Aaron Hardigan. Was Our it? girl, Erin Hardigan, the Belly Sports Southwest host, and uh, you've seen oh, her yeah. around these parts, the better half of Willie Wilkerson, who <laughs> is our uh, <laughs> website and social media guru. She's fantastic. So happy birthday, Erin. We love you. We're sorry. We're, we're so sorry we missed it, but we hope that you had a fantastic birthday. Yes. Um, this is episode 1,298, and on today's show, friends, we will have our butt groove guide where we tell you the games that will be on Texan Live that you cannot miss this weekend it's a pretty short list so we'll get through that quickly because then we have a hefty version of (laughs) the picks I made I went through all 20 state semifinal games and made a 37 minute video of me talking about every game so we (laughs) hope that you're excited to see that don't worry you don't have to see my face the whole time we put Texan live highlights over it so we hope you'll stay thinking of you guys yeah exactly (laughs) like you had to see this too much this week Um, But then as soon as we're done with that, I'm hopping back over on the computer 
And Ish and Malpower are going to take the reins of the show, and they're going to go through the college football bowl games for the eight Texas teams that will be participating in bowl games, and they're going to do a little bowl game breakdown. So you won't have to listen to me talk anymore after <laughs> that. It's what everyone wants. But before oh, wow. we get there, Malpower, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Daniel Agnew, Aaron Arbuckle, and Rob Hadaway. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. All right, Malpal. It is time for probably my favorite segment of the week, to be honest with you. It is our butt groove guide. Butt groove. <laughs> so for anyone who has not been through a butt groove guide and you're wondering why there's a weird lady talking about your butt groove in a Christmas sweater, well, let me <laughs> tell you why that is. We go through and we're going to take a look at the eight games that are being broadcasted on Texan Live this weekend and their state semifinal games. So you do not want to miss any of them. Now we're going on the assumption that you have three screens in your household, probably big TV, computer, phone. If you have more than that, become a Dave Campbell's Texas football <laughs> subscriber at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. But tonight... They're calling ISO on this one. This is NFHS exclusive. They will, um, we will have some of our Texan Live guys on the call, but do not worry. 7 p.m. tonight on Thursday. I forgot to let you do your thing. Thursday. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, tonight, Shiner and Timpson. This is a game that we are incredibly excited about. I got to watch the Shiner train absolutely roll over Refurio uh, last week. So this will be a big matchup. And if the Bears can do it done, get it done, call it a shock. But that'll be tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. on NFHS. Moving on to Friday. Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> I wish y'all could see her do it because she like perks up <laughs> Friday here. Um, you're, you actually got pretty lucky on this. We've got four games on Texan live Ooh. on Friday, three of which are happening at seven. So that's perfect. Go ahead and put all three of these up on your big screen. I'm probably going to say that you, you, it's really your choice here. Quero versus China Spring happening at seven, or you can go College Station Mansfield Summit. Your mileage might vary on that. On my big screen, I'm definitely going to be putting up China Spring and Quero. I think that's a very, very intriguing matchup of two teams that we probably didn't expect to both be here at this point. Mm -hmm. We all know you penciled in Carthage, but they're <laughs> here and they're fixing to punch their ticket. So there's that Quero and China Spring. And then on your small screen, I would go Crosby and Liberty Hill. This is a rematch. No, let me rewind on that Peto and a flower buff flower buff in their first state semifinal ever in program history which they've been around a lot longer Katie Peto a new school um, if one of those games starts to get a little bit out of hand then 730 perfect go ahead and throw on Crosby and Liberty Hill and this is a tasty mm -hmm. matchup a uh, repeat of last year's state semifinal where Liberty Hill lost on the final play so um Coming from a person who grew up in Lano, you don't want to deal with a vengeful Liberty Hill team. So we'll see how um, that goes. But there's all four for Friday and then a Saturday. Dateline. Nice. I'm singing there. <laughs> um, Saturday, it works out perfect because the games are kind of spread out throughout the day. And this will be the last day before we know who will be playing in AT&T Stadium. And there are some heavy hitters that will be on Texan Live. We're going to start off your day with 
at 2 p.m., Westlake and Katie. This is the matchup that we've had circled all year long or all season long when we realized that they were both going D2. Um, so get your eyes on that one. That one will be at McLean Stadium. I believe Matt Stepp will be there. Then 2.30, you can fill your second screen as the Austin LBJ Jaguars take on Jeff Reardon's Chapel Hill Bulldogs. This one at the Star. But we'll have our Texan live crew out there. I believe Ish will be at that one. Then you can go ahead and put on your 3 p.m. game to cover all three of your screens. This one, North Shore and Lake Travis. The battle there for 6A D1 on that right side of the bracket. North Shore coming out of Region 3 and Lake Travis coming out of Region 4. This is a matchup that we've seen many times before, so it should be interesting there. That one at the Palace on Palmer. And then... The nightcap, the final game of Texas high school football before we solidify who will be heading to the state championship games, and it is Tomball and Denton Geyer. And guys, we've said it all week, that's a fourth place team in Tomball that is feeling themselves. Mm -hmm. Very, very interested to see how this one shapes out, but that'll be the nightcap at McLean Stadium, and then we'll know. So... All of those games, again, on TexanLive.com. Um, we are super excited to see all of those teams punch their tickets to AT&T Stadium. Mm -hmm. So there it is, your state semifinal butt groove guide. All right, Malpal. It's time for the monster. That is the picks video. I went through... All 20 of the state semifinal games broke them down again. You don't have to look at my face the entire time. A lot of Texan Live highlights in there. Um, but here we go. And remember, stick with us after the picks video. Ish Malpal doing some college football bowl breakdown. We will do that after 37 minutes of <laughs> the picks. How about we punch some tickets to AT&T Stadium? It's the 2021 Texas High School football playoff state semifinal round. And these are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to the Texas high school football weekend. My name is Ashley Pickle. I'm the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. And guys, welcome to the cruelest round of the Texas high school football playoffs. This will be the fifth round of the 2021 Texas high school football playoffs. And it really is the cruelest round. Why? Well, because there's 20 different state semifinal games happening over the weekend. Five on Thursday, 10 on Friday, and five on Saturday. For 20 of the teams, they're punching their ticket to AT&T Stadium. At that point, if you win or lose regardless, your name's etched into the history books. For the other 20 teams, well, we start in Lubbock. 6 p.m. on Thursday, Lubbock's Lowry Field. It is a 2A Division II matchup between the Stratford Elks and the Albany Lions. And guys, if you're into hard-hitting, absolute slugfest of a football game, here's your matchup Thursday in Lubbock. Albany being led by longtime coach Denny Faith. They have the weapons. They have versatile players. They have explosive players, specifically Cole Chapman at the quarterback position and then Jaheim Newton on the outside. That has been a duo that cannot miss this entire year. They've also got a lot of versatility, too. They can move the ball around, and they have explosive capabilities to be able to rack up a score pretty quickly. On the opposite side of that, the Elks, they're going to want to keep this a very low to the ground. They're a hardcore ground and pounded out team. 
and they do not want to get into a shootout with Albany. Ultimately, I think that Stratford is going to really, really try to use some size and strength to keep this game close, but I think Coach Denny Faith has the capability to spread the ball out and really kind of switch it up and make it a little bit different, difficult for that Stratford defense. I think the Lions are going to pull it out and punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7 p.m. Elgin's Wildcat Stadium. It's a uh, 2A Division II state semifinal that we've seen four times now. You guessed it, Mart and Fall City coming out of Region 3 and Region 4, and it's a tale as old as time, it seems like, at this point. But Mart is a totally different team than what we've seen in the past few years. Everyone has heard the name. It was the Rod Ralph Freeman Show. It was Give your guy the ball and watch him do the miraculous tale of running through any defense he ever came in contact with. Mart has turned into really a pass-heavy team. Quarterback Trey Powell in their game last week against Chilton threw for almost 300 yards and five touchdowns. This is a team that's really flipped the script in Coach Kevin Hoffman's squad. And so that's something different that Fall City is going to have to keep in mind. The biggest thing that Fall City needs to focus on here is you can't go into this game with the exact same game plan that you've gone in the past four years with. Now, those haven't worked out with their favor, so maybe that's a good thing ultimately, but those Fall City DBs are going to have to really lock in on what they need to do, and it's going to come down to the Fall City front seven on the defensive unit. Can they get into the backfield? Can they get Trey Powell to force to throw throws that he doesn't want to do. So while it's a matchup we've seen so many times, it feels like it's kind of a different ball game this year. That all being said, Coach Kevin Hoffman has his Mark Panthers grinding, and I'm not going to pick against Mark. Give me the Panthers. Thursday, 7 p.m. at beautiful Kangaroo Stadium in Weatherford, Texas. It is a 2A Division I state semifinal between the Holly Bearcats and the Marlin Bulldogs. And okay, Coach Ruben Torres, we see you. What Coach Torres has done to revitalize this Marlin program has been outstanding. This is a guy that came from El Paso, and people around the town were going, I'm sorry, who is our new head coach? Um, checks notes. I think an appearance from this in the state semifinal will win you the respect of the town, and he has absolutely deserved it. Now, the name of the game for the Marlin Bulldogs, it's speed. They have some guys that can absolutely turn on the Jets, and they've got a guy in Desmond Woodson who can get them the ball. And he has been the catalyst of this offense and really that key puzzle piece into Marlin's success. Well, you look on the other side of the ball, and defense has been the name of the game for the Bearcats. In their four playoff games, they've only allowed 52 points. Now, obviously, they've got a test of speed coming up against Marlin. The key cog for the Holly Bearcats to be able to pull out this win is going to be that defensive front line. If they can get into the backfield and get Woodson in positions that he doesn't want to be in, now he can scramble pretty stinking well, so they're going to have to get actual arms wrap up and tackle around him. But but if they can do that, that takes out the threat of the speed of the wide receivers and the running game. Don't let them get past you. So while I think Marlin has the advantage in some of their skilled players, I think that the Bearcats pull out the win. 7 o'clock p.m. Thursday at Tomball ISD Stadium. It is a 2A Division I semifinal matchup between the 12-0 Timpson Bears and the 14-0 Shiner Comanches. Now, 
This is a replay of last year's state semifinal matchup when these two teams met. And how did it go? Well, Shiner blew the pants off Timpson and won by 42 points to then become the eventual state champion. Last week, I was able to see Shiner play Refurio. It's a marquee matchup. It's a matchup that everyone waits for in the state of Texas. And my goodness, Shiner. They beat them 55 to 14 in a miraculous victory. I will never get sick of watching the absolute perfection that the Brooks brothers are able to produce on a football field. Dalton Brooks is the younger of the brothers. He's a junior this year and he's grown into his body. He's still much smaller than Doug, but he is very agile and has unbelievable explosive play capabilities. I mean, you hand that kid the ball and the chances are he's running 60 yards into the end zone for another touchdown. He had six of them against Refurio last week. When you add in the one-two punch of that agile explosiveness and you look at older brother, senior Doug Brooks, and he is a unit. You cannot tackle this guy. Well, you look on the other side of the ball and Timpson, they also have that guy. Their sophomore quarterback, Terry Bussey, has been the guy for them. And we saw them last year as a freshman and it was, oh boy, this one's going to be something special. And he has come out and looked every bit as good as we figured that he would. But here's what I have to say. I think with the dynamic duo of both Brooks brothers, it's a little bit too much for Timpson to handle. Give me the Comanches. 7 o'clock Friday night at Abilene's Anthony Field. It is a 3A Division II matchup between the Lubbock Roosevelt Eagles and the Gunner Tigers. Not what we're used to seeing, right? This will be the first time since 2015 that we have not had Gunner Canadian in the state semifinal matchup. So Lubbock Roosevelt, if you're into weird offenses, this is the game for you. Gunner, of course, runs that weird pistol offense that we've seen year in and year out, and they run it darn well. And then you look on the other side, and yeah, Lubbock Roosevelt, they're the crazy man in the fight, and they run that weird style of the flex bone. The flex bone in and of itself is weird enough. They take the weird to a whole other level, but they have found a way to run it so efficiently that it just really confuses defenses. They don't necessarily have to have those playmakers that can just beat you one-on-one. -on -one. They have their offense. Everyone knows their job, and they're incredibly fundamentally sound, and that's what's really gotten them to this point. On the other side, for Gunner, they're doing what they do. They're a really good team, and they continue to heat up as the playoffs go along. Quarterback Hutt Graham has been absolutely outstanding, and his counterpart in the running game in Ethan Sloan really add for a one-two punch that make it incredibly difficult for defenses to stop them from getting in shootouts and really, really running up the score. So I think this game comes down to what we see early on in the game because Gunner's defense is only allowing 10 points per game this season. I mean, they have been playing outstanding. So if early on Lubbock Roosevelt is able to kind of run some trickery, kind of get that flexbone offense humming and kind of throw Gunner off, then they're in a position that they haven't really been tested in all year long of having to possibly play from behind or just having the, the looming gnat of Lubbock Roosevelt in that weird offense of trying to figure out. I think that pedigree plays out. Give me the Tigers. 7 p.m. Friday at beautiful Mesquite Memorial Stadium. It is a 3A Division II 
battle between the Wascom Wildcats and the Franklin Lions. Sound familiar? Well, it's because we saw it in this game last year. Flashback, Wascom fell by one point. Wascom's on a revenge tour right now, and they've had this game circled year-round. I've got some questions about Franklin. They have been absolutely taking care of business every single week, so much so they're averaging 61 and a half points in their playoff games. I mean, they haven't been tested. They played Lorena, who we'll talk about in this video. They played them in week one of the season, and other than that, Franklin hasn't been tested. So it might be weird to say that I have questions about them. They've been taking care of business. They've been using their playmakers. They have looked everything of a state championship pedigree team that they were last year. But we haven't seen them get tested like they will against this Wascom team that we'll see on Friday. And Wascom's quarterback, Cole Watson, not to get confused with Wascom, Wascom Watson, has developed into a little bit of a passer. And that is a huge advantage for Wascom because... You run that flex bone, you keep it going. It's going to be a ground-oriented game, but if Cole Watson can come up with a couple of big pass plays, you could get a little bit of an advantage heading towards Wascom. Now, that being said, I think that Franklin is a team that is going to come in fully prepared and ready to prove to people that, yeah, you know what, we kind of blew through this region, but we're ready to blow through anyone we come in contact with. I'm going to take the Lions, punching their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7 o'clock p.m. Thursday at McKinney ISD Stadium. It is a 3A Division I matchup between the Brock Eagles and the Mount Vernon Tigers, both of whom are 14-0. I mean, when we talk about state semifinal matchups, this is exactly what we're hoping for. Both of these teams have been outstanding thus far in the playoffs. Specifically, um, y'all see what Brock's doing to people? I mean, whoo, buddy. Regional semifinal rounds, they go up against Jim Ned, the reigning 3A Division I state champion, and just drop, you know, cool 70 burger on him. My goodness, Billy Mathis, we see you. Coach Mathis, this is his first year at Brock, and what this team is doing has been absolutely outstanding. And now, when you take a look at Mount Vernon, they have a high-flying offense. They are not scared to put points up on people. But last week against West, they got tested a little bit. West was the first team that we've really seen be able to kind of restrain this Tigers offensive attack and it's it's high flying it's explosive and they did a really good job of that Mount Vernon got pushed last week for them though their defense came up huge a, a unit of their team that they really haven't had to rely on thus far in the season that said really good things in my mind about Mount Vernon of you know, if the offense is going to have a little bit of an off day, well, turn it around and the defense steps up. That's good coaching right there. Now, here's my question. Cutter Wilson, the running back for Brock, went out in the game last week and didn't play for the final three quarters of the game. So very interested to see if he will be back. But if not, it, a lot falls on quarterback Tyler Moody, and he was phenomenal last game. He showed that, hey, if, if our main guy goes down, don't worry, I'll step up and go, just like the Mount Vernon defense did. I think this is going to be a fun, fun matchup, and I think that both teams have proven that they're a lot more than just one-sided. That being said, Brock is a hot rolling train that I don't want to stand in front of. 
go ahead and give me the Eagles to punch their tickets to AT&T Stadium. 7 o'clock Thursday at Georgetown ISD Athletic Complex. It is a 3A Division I state semifinal between the Lorena Leopards and the Lago Vista Vikings. First off, elite mascot matchup. Big fan of that. Taking a look at Lorena, this is a team that has forced everyone to buy in on them this year. No one tell Greg Tepper that I'm giving him credit, but he called this a while back. This is a team that is averaging 50 points in their last four playoff games. Running back Rhett Hansen last week ran for five touchdowns. He is, a, you cannot stop this kid. What I really like about Hansen is the fact that not only is he quick and explosive, he is extremely elusive. When you look at the other side of it, Lago is one of those teams that, you know, kind of have been flying under the radar. They finished second in District 13 down there, and they, I compared them to a gnat. They just don't go away. It's one of those teams that you think, oh, Lago Vista, okay, we can kind of ride them off. No, you cannot. And I'll tell you what it is. They don't necessarily have the guy. This is a team under head coach Creighton Phillips that capitalizes on every single thing that they're given. A lot of teams will be given something and not be able to turn around and do anything with it. And the way that Lago Vista has been able to stick around and hang in games so long is because if you hand them a present, they will unbox it and they will put it up there shiny on the scoreboard. And so they did it last week against Jamie Dixon's squad in Vanderbilt Industrial, forcing four different turnovers, two in the air from their defensive backs and two down on the line with fumble recoveries. And so there's the whole story of the game. Lorena is a heavy favorite in this game. No one's denying that fact. But when you've, when you've got a team like Lago Vista that if you're going to mess up, they're going to capitalize on it, Lorena needs to play a very, very crisp, pristine game. I'm going to go with the Leopards to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7 o'clock p.m. Friday at Prosper's Children's Health Stadium. It is a 4A Division II matchup between the Gilmer Buckeyes and the Salina Bobcats. When you take a look at Gilmer, they have that guy, Brandon Tennyson is one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out of Gilmer. And that's saying a lot because Gilmer's kind of a quarterback factory. This kid has been outstanding. He's a kid that we have continued to watch just develop in the way that he plays. And he's a true leader on that offense. But here's the thing. Salina's front is massive. Their defensive line is insanely big. I think this comes down to Salina's defensive line and if they are able to get in the backfield for Brandon Tennyson. Salina has guys all over the field. Gilmer has that guy. So if they're able to basically, as Step said, cut the head off the snake and really force Brandon Tennyson to make throws that he doesn't want to, I think we lean in favor of the Bobcats there. I think this one is insanely close. I'm going to go with the Bobcats to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. Friday, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Palace on Palmer. It's a 4A Division II matchup between Carthage and... Wait a second. It ain't Carthage. China Spring Cougars and the Quero Gobblers. Let's all be honest with each other here. If you're going to tell me that when the brackets came out, you didn't pencil in Carthage to be in this game... To be in the state championship game, I'm not going to believe you. Now, my biggest question was, okay, 
you beat the king and you beat Carthage, what does it look like the next week? Well, they look like the team that beat the king. There was no Carthage hangover. They came out there and said, no, that wasn't a fluke. That wasn't our Super Bowl. We have our eyes on the prize, and that's AT&T Stadium, and that's hoisting a trophy in the air after that. Major Bowden, their quarterback, is a guy that we've watched come up the ranks and just continues to play his best ball right now. He hasn't stopped. He had his foot on the pedal from the moment that this China Spring team started the year, and he is not run out of gas yet. Now, on the other side of the ball, how about the Gobblers? The Gobblers are back, baby. Jack Alvarez has done an unbelievable job of getting this program back to where they want to be. Tyson Williams has been fantastic for the Gobblers, but the real key cog on the offensive side of the ball has been their quarterback, Jerry Rossett. In the beginning part of the year, Quero was really relying on Tyson Williams and that running game pretty much all throughout the year, almost. And then Rossett has been unbelievable in the playoffs. He is a guy that absolutely got his footing underneath him. He is able to throw a complete dime. The connection between him and LeBron Johnson has been outstanding. Um, I think that China Spring has that team of destiny, Phil. I think they didn't want to stop at Carthage. That was not their Super Bowl. They have their eyes on AT&T Stadium, and I think this week the Cougars punched their ticket. 7 o'clock p.m. Friday night at the Star. It is a 4A Division I matchup between the Stephenville Yellow Jackets and the Wichita Falls Hershey Huskies. And let's talk about Coach Antonio Wiley's Husky squad, specifically about their game last week. They play Springtown. Well, that's a regional final matchup that we had seen early on in the season, and it's really hard to beat a good team twice. The Porcupine's a very good team. And they had a profound win over Springtown last week. The name of the game for Hershey is speed. They have guys who can move. Specifically, Marion Peterson has been dynamic in all phases of the game. This kid is, I mean, just lightning in a bottle in the way that he moves, in the way that he's able to break tackles. He is the reason that that rushing attack for the Huskies is so profound. So a lot of times they're able to just outrun people. Now, when you're facing off against Stephenville, well, that becomes a little more difficult. Stephensville's defense has been playing lights out. I mean, they have one of the most difficult resumes to navigate through to this point in the playoffs. I'm talking Paris, Melissa, Argyle. They have taken down Midlothian Heritage. I mean, the list goes on and on for Coach Dottie's squad and what they've been able to do. And that's where I think that Stephenville's going to kind of take the cake here. It's not the fact that Hershey isn't a great team, but Stephenville has had to defend speed year in and year out, and especially this year. All those teams I just listed that they've beat to get to this point, they've got guys that can move. And so Wichita Falls, Hershey, I think, will give them a good fight, but I think that that defense holds out. Give me the Yellow Jackets to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 2.30 p.m. Friday at the Star in Frisco, Texas. It is a 4A Division I matchup between the Austin LBJ Jaguars and the Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs. Now, you might be looking at this and saying Tyler Chapel Hill is a little bit of a, you're still here, team? What is really spectacular here is you're working with a freshman quarterback and a freshman running back as their starting guys, the guys that they depend on to bring this offense to what it is and the caliber that they've been playing at. Now, 
for LBJ on the other side of that, they're a younger team than what they were last year. You go into the playoffs last year and we're going, <laughs> good luck throwing against a couple of D1 bound DBs in the backfield. So they're a little bit younger, but they haven't taken any sort of a step back. Austin LBJ has looked insanely good all year long. Austin LBJ's defense is going to want to go out there and they're going to want to shake up the freshman right off the bat and say, hey, bud, we're going to be back here in the backfield a little while, so if you can squeeze over a little bit. On the other side for Chapel Hill, they're going to want to come out and punch him in the mouth right there and say, you're right, we are a young team, but that's not what we're doing here. So I think that the matchups up front, specifically at the lines, that offensive line for Chapel Hill, if they're going to pull off this win, absolutely has to step it up and protect their freshman quarterback and give him opportunity to throw because his passes are going to need to be crisp and they're going to need to be pristine. All that being said, I think that the Austin LBJ defense is a little bit too much for a freshman quarterback to handle. We'll see, but go ahead and give me the Jaguars to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7.30 p.m. Friday at Abilene Shotwell Stadium. It is a 5A Division II matchup between the South Oak Cliff Golden Bears and the Lubbock Cooper Pirates. How about that, Sock? First time in the state semifinal since 1970. What Coach Jason Todd is doing with this Golden Bears program and making sure that people know that Sock's out there on the map has been absolutely a blast to watch. And here's the thing. If you're into a physical football game, this is a game for you on a Friday night. Physicality is the name of the game. Sock has some dudes, okay? And here's where Sock really has the best of both worlds. Their offensive line is averaging like 315 pounds. I'm talking of like monstrous size humans. It is a line full of units. So they have the physicality and the size there. You go out to the outside and guys like Keandre Hollywood have speed like you've never seen before. They really have a balance there of protection and unbelievable speed. Lubbock Cooper, Chip Darden is going to have his guys fired up to play in this game. He's an upbeat guy, and he's going to be ready to go. Lubbock Cooper has had a fantastic season, and here's where it comes down to. If Lubbock Cooper wants to win this game, they have got to rely on their defensive front seven to put pressure on the quarterback for Sock because if they allow Sock to break free on the edge or get any sort of space in open field, it could be church out there. I'm going to go ahead and go the Golden Bears punching their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7.30 p.m. Brian's Green Stadium. It is a 5A Division II matchup between Crosby and Liberty Hill. Sound familiar? Well, let's go back and check the tape from last year. You know who doesn't want to do that? Liberty Hill fans came down to the final play of the game. Crosby pulled it out to make it to AT&T Stadium. So you can only assume that this Panthers squad is uh, going to be out there looking for revenge. Here's the name of the game for Liberty Hill. They run the devil, the slot T. And Coach Kent Walker has his guys at their peak level of running that offense and here's the thing that threw Crosby for a loop last year you could tell that it was something that they had never really seen it was something that really really confused them they ended up pulling out the game obviously but what we're really interested to see here is Crosby has a new defensive coordinator this year coach Jerry Poth is a South Texas guy He's incredibly familiar with the slot T. And so I'm very curious to see how much that that plays a factor on the offensive side of the ball for Crosby. I mean, they have some speedsters. They really, really have some guys that can go. Uh, Kieran Miles has been just 
insane on once he is able to break loose out there and so that's what I feel like it really comes down to I don't know if the Liberty Hill defense quite has the speed to compete with Crosby because they quite literally can just outrun you but you're coming with a vengeful Liberty Hill team and that being said I think Crosby comes up with a ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7 o'clock p.m. Friday at Hewitt's Panther Stadium. It is the College Station Cougars taking on the Mansfield Summit Jaguars. Yes, you heard that right. The Cougars playing the Jaguars at Panther Stadium. It is a battle for big cats here. And how about Mansfield Summit? What Channing Hall is doing at Mansfield Summit, I feel like isn't getting enough attention. I mean, this is their second year in the state semifinal. They have been that team that no one really hears about until they start doing this thing where they get incre incredibly good in the playoffs. And the biggest reason for it is they just got guys all over the field. I mean, quite literally, there are just athletes all over the field and that's kind of been the name of their game can they out athlete you college station on the other hand i'm going to be completely honest with you that's the team to beat in 5a division one they have quite literally maybe the most impressive resume to get through region two of 5a division one and this has always kind of been that district of doom in texas high school football that once the playoff rolls around everyone's eyes flock to and they have done just that they have run that gauntlet to get to this position and the the true workhorse in the backfield has been marquise collins the one thing to say about college station though they were tested against ryan a little bit and it really wasn't even Ryan forcing them to be tested. It was College Station making uncharacteristic mistakes last week. I honestly think that that ends not very well for Mansfield Summit because if I know anything about the way that Coach Huff runs that program, uncharacteristic mistakes are not the name of his game. And so they kind of got their clunker out of the way last week against Ryan and were able to win that game. I feel like this week in practice, they turned up the intensity to a thousand and that Coach Huff is going to have his guys making sure that they are not making any of those same mistakes that they made against Ryan. Go ahead and give me the Cougars to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7 o'clock p.m. Friday evening at Hero Stadium in the beautiful 210. It is a matchup between the Katie Pato Panthers and the Corpus Christi Flower Bluff Hornets. And how about that for Flower Bluff? Their first state semifinal appearance in program history and coach Steinbrook earlier this week said man it is buzzing down there on the coastal bend for this squad and really I mean in every right it should be their quarterback Nash Viegas has been outstanding really he was the senior quarterback coming into this year and I think coach knew this this guy is the guy he's who we need out there maybe not from a physicality standpoint but from the guy that's going to sit there and get stuff done have people line up correctly and he he has looked spectacular so far in the playoffs but unfortunately looming on the other side is Katie Pato they have dudes over here obviously a newer school in um, Katie ISD and they're massive they're physical they're deep in every single phase of the game their only loss on the season is to Manville in a game that we had all super had circled on our calendar and ended up falling short there but other than that I mean they're only allowing 10 points per game. Guys, they've pitched five shutouts on the year. They really have just taken people and kind of buried them into the ground. And so this is Flower Bluff's opportunity to go out there and shake some noise. 
I do think that the sheer size of Katie Peta will be a little bit too much for those Hornets to be able to match up against. Give me the Panthers to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 7 o'clock p.m. on Saturday at McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas. It is a 6A Division II matchup between Tomball and Denton Geyer. Yeah, Tomball's still here. And here they are rolling, looking like one of the hottest teams in the Texas into the state semifinals to take on a perennial powerhouse really in Denton Geyer in the past handful of years that's been here multiple times. Tomball's playing for everything right now. They have the guy. They have Kale Helms. It's been the Kale Helms show week in and week out. And this kid is phenomenal at quarterback. He has he doesn't throw the ball all that often. He can get it out to the receivers when he needs to. But the legs, the mobility of Kale Helms is what has kept this Tomball team in so many of these games. And they just are. They're the, the burner on the stove that as the playoff goes on, the hotter and hotter and harder, hotter that burner gets. And on the other side of that, they're facing off against a Rodney Webb-led Denton Geyer team that is no stranger to being this deep in the playoffs. And they're going to try and use that to their advantage. I think quarterback Jackson Arnold has shown that he's a name in Texas high school football that if you're not familiar with, you need to get familiar with. Now he has been spectacular this year. And they come in as the favorite. But realistically speaking, everyone who's played against Tomball has come in as the favorite. So it's no skin off their back. I think that Tomball has that team of destiny feel to me. And I know this is going to come as a shocker because I know Denton Geyer is the favorite and I have complete faith in Rodney Webb too and Jackson Arnold, but I'm going to roll with Tomball. This is not only a team that is playing its best level of football right now. It's a team that genuinely believes in themselves and want nothing more than to get there. And I think that every now and then that little secret dust of magic plays a little factor in games like this. Give me the Cougars to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 2 o'clock p.m. Saturday at McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas. Let's be honest, guys. It is the matchup that we have all had circled on our brackets since we saw that both of these teams could be going D2, and that is the Austin-Westlake Shaps taking on Gary Joseph's Katie Tigers. Austin-Westlake has been humming on all cylinders all year long. All three phases of this Todd Dodge team look crisp and pristine and like a slate of glass every single week. Now on the other side of that, oh look at that, Gary Joseph and his KD Tigers in another state semifinal. Who would have thought? Coach Joseph is one of the best coaches in Texas high school football and every single year even if people doubt Katie, he finds a way to prove them wrong. Maybe make me one of those people that he proves wrong again. But Katie has left me a little worried the past couple weeks. I mean, last week in the regional semi or the regional finals, they really messed around against Summer Creek and almost let this one go. They're trying to figure out a little bit more with their offensive. Of course, they have Seth Davis, who continues to be just a bludgeon when it comes to running the football. But is that enough to be able to score against Westlake? Is the Katy defense, that's the real question, up to the caliber to be able to stop the high-flying Cade Klubnik offense? 
I've seen Westlake twice this year, and both times I've left saying I would be dumbfounded if anyone in the state of Texas could beat this team. I'm going to go with the Shaps to punch their ticket to AT&T Stadium. 4 p.m. Saturday, McKinney ISD Stadium. It is a 6A Division I matchup between the South Lake Carroll Dragons and the Duncanville Panthers. South Lake Carroll has been operating on all cylinders so far. Riley Dodge has his offense humming just as usual. Caden Anderson stepped up and really didn't skip a beat. I mean, this kid has been unbelievable. Owen Allen is their running back who is a name that if you don't know, someone start throwing him offers because this kid is incredibly special and has been for years now for Carroll. Here's the thing that we don't focus on near as often because when you hear Riley Dodge, you think quarterback, you think offense. When you think South Lake Carroll, you think offense. Their defense has come up in such a big way this year, guys. I mean, every single game, that defense has been shutting people out left and right. Now, on the opposite side of that, with people that they're facing off against in Reggie Sample's Duncanville Panthers, we do think about defense a lot of the time. And that's exactly what the case is with this squad. This Duncanville defense is nasty, man. They've got some dogs on that side of the ball. They're big, they're physical, and they are absolutely ready to punch you in the mouth at all times. But that's what I think the real big difference is in this game. South Lake's got that offense, but they've also got that defense that no one focuses on. Duncanville has that defense. That's probably the best unit out of either of these teams on the field at any one given time. But I don't know if Duncanville has quite that offensive spark to be able to do it. They're going to count on their defense heavily, but when this starts to get into a shootout, if Southlake is still able to score on them, then Duncanville might be running a little bit behind them. Give me the Dragons to advance to the state finals. And finally, 3 o'clock p.m. on a Saturday at the Palace on Palmer. It is the winner of Region 3, the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs, taking on the Region 4 winner of the Link Travis Cavaliers. It's a different-looking North Shore team. Specifically, they've got freshman quarterback back there. Caleb Bailey has stepped up in a big way over the season. And this kid's, what, 14, 15 years old? And I saw him last week, and he can throw that ball. But he's also a freshman. Here's what this game comes down to. If North Shore's defensive line can absolutely just take advantage of Lake Travis's offensive line, it could be a long night for Lake Travis. Bo Edmondson isn't the most mobile quarterback, but he's got an unbelievable arm. So as long as he has the opportunity to throw the ball, well, you've got red receivers like Caleb Burton on the outside and that's exactly what you want to do. So this comes down to Lake Travis's offensive line has got to go out there and play the best game that they've had all year. Lake Travis has weapons. Lake Travis defense has looked good, but their offensive line has to step up to the bill or else it could end up being a long night. And that being said, I think that North Shore's defense is just too much for the Cavaliers to handle. Give me North Shore to head back to AT&T Stadium. And there they are, the picks, my predictions for all 20 of the UIL Texas High School Football State semifinal round matchups. Let me know which ones you think I'm wrong at. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's Twitter at DCTF. And of course, see coverage of all of this weekend's playoffs and our state hub at texasfootball.com. Thanks and have fun this weekend, guys. There it is, the picks.
my predictions for all 20 of the state semifinals. Shout out Mal Pal for helping edit that monster. That was ridiculous. Um, we are Texas Football Today. We are here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. And another thing that you can do real fast on texasfootball.com while you go take a look at that, go ahead and vote for our Whataburger Super Team. 40 of the top athletes in Texas high school football will be named to this prestigious group for the Whataburger Super Team. You can go to texasfootball.com and click on our awards tab, go down, click Whataburger Super Team and make your voice heard there. So, there you go. Whataburger Super Team. And now, if I can figure out how to take that graphic down, man, you leave for a couple days and forget how this thing I operates. become the expert, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so, here's the deal. Yeah, we kind of did a little switcheroo there, and we switched over, and that is because bang! It's the Mal Palinist show. They held me up against the wall and said, put us on, or you're done. That's sure. what happened. Or you're done. That's, you're done. that's exactly you're done. how it happened, actually. <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. So they're going to go through. There are eight Texas college football teams that will be playing in bowl games all throughout the month of December. And so they're going to go ahead and break that down. So we'll go ahead and throw up this first one here. The first one, we're going to talk about New Mexico Bowl. It is the UTEP Miners taking on Fresno State. This one is Saturday, December 18th at 2.15 p.m. on ESPN. What you got? I like uh, I like this one. I think the story here is UTEP. Mm -hmm. You know, they're making their first postseason appearance since 2014, and they're also coming in this game as an 11-point underdog, which seems like a lot, but. I mean, they've defied all, all odds this year, sure. you know. Uh, Fresno State, you know, their head coach is now at Washington, and mm -hmm. they almost lost their quarterback to Washington, too. He actually answer, uh, tr entered the transfer portal, mm -hmm. but now he's, uh, he's actually deciding to stay at Fresno State. I think one of the key to this game, you know, it's going to come down to UTEP's offensive line and really it's pass protection, yeah. uh, giving Hardison enough time to make those explosive plays that we know he's capable of making and kind of just throwing this Fresno defense, you know, off balance, really. Yeah. First of all, I'm upset that the bowl committee did not send UTEP to a farther, farther game. Yeah, because this is I believe this is the third time they're playing in New Mexico this season. Yeah. Um, so I hated that for the players because I wanted to see them really get rewarded for Absolutely. this. But um, yeah, I agree that the passing offense in particular, UTEP's a team that tries to balance and they do their, but they are one of the worst rushing teams this year. Yeah. Um, partially due to kind of the running backs being banged up and the mm -hmm. offensive line kind of being inconsistent. And so, but ex when it comes to the passing game, they're absolutely explosive. Uh, they got Garrett, they got Cowing, Hardison has a big arm. When he has time to throw, like you mentioned, um, they can make things interesting. Now, Fresno State will be under an interim coach, so that 11-point spread, we'll see if that plays into yeah. it at all. Because, of course, Fresno's not going to be, you know, without without their head coach, it's going to be a little bit weird maybe. Right. Um, but they probably are the more, on paper, more talented team. But UTEP's probably been in this situation way more off, way more than they have not this season. And they've, like you mentioned, they're still in a bowl. They're still here. They're able to hang with those teams. So right. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. All right, now, give me your pick. UTEP, Fresno State. Go on, Fresno State. I think I am, too, Go. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah we're going Fresno State. Sorry. Boo, I'll take you, it's Miners. I'll take <laughs> All right, you. we'll, we'll All take right. it. What's next, Pickle? <laughs> Up next, let's move on to a local bowl game for us. The Frisco Bowl, UTSA, the Roadrunners, mm. taking on San Diego State. This one, December 21st. That's a Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. So I, I want to, I before, before you start. Okay. And I'm going to look right in the camera. I'm serious about this. This game is going to come down to San Diego State's punter. And I'm dead serious about this. <laughs> Let's go. Matareza is the best punter in the country. 
San Diego State's offense is not good. Their defense is excellent. Fantastic. Excellent. Fantastic. And part of that is Matareza, again, is the I believe he's broken Braden Mann's record uh, for average punt. He's averaging 51.4 yards per punt. Mm -hmm. I believe he's, uh, he's also leading the nation in net punt yards, too. Basically, their strategy literally comes down to flipping the field right. and making teams drive the majority of that field against that defense. And he plays so much into that. So when I say it comes down to their punter, it's literally it actually does it actually come down really to their really comes down to <laughs> can Frank Harris and Sincere McCormick go against that defense, legitimately having to drive eighty plus yards every single time right. against a really good defense. So right. it's not a joke. You're gonna watch this game. You're gonna be. He had an eighty-one yard punt this year. Like, he's nuts. He's insane. He's absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. that, I wanted to get that spiel out the way before you started. Well, basically, you Hunters hit the nail. Deserve more love. <laughs> absolutely. More. Well, you hit the nail on the head with that. I was just going to say, yeah, their they're rushing defense ranks top three in mm. the nation, only allowing two and a half yards per carry. Yeah. That's absolutely absurd. So, I mean, one of the keys to this game, I was going to say, too, is just, you know, they're really, UTSA is really just going to have to rely more on, you know, Zakari Franklin mm -hmm. and Sincere McCourt excuse me, Frank Harris and uh, Zachary Franklin yeah. instead of Sincere McCormick here. Sure. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think you're going to see if this game, if UTSA can strike early, then San Diego State's in a more yeah. of, a, in more of a, a hairy situation because their offense mentioned is not very good. Right. Um, so if, if you, again, UTSA has started early uh, before, we saw last week against Western, Western Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, if they can get up to a 10, 14 point lead, then all of a sudden the game's way more in their hands. Right. All right. Who's your pick? Who you going with? I'm going with UTSA. I think so. I think I'm going to go with San Diego State Ooh, on this one. Punter. Just because that defense is just so deadly. It really, I think. Is, it really so, is incredible. Think, That's yeah. a great defense. I'm going to go with UTSA because I like the balance they have on both sides of the ball. Um, we got to keep score of this. Yeah, uh, I think we'll see. We, Pickle, we'll go back. Yeah, yeah, I was about yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah hold some score. Track of that. I got you. <laughs> What's next, Pickle? I got one job here. Frisco <laughs> football classic. Caw! North Texas versus Miami of Ohio. Thursday, December 23rd, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. The other Frisco Bowl. There are two. There's one that's better than the other. One of them was just made up, so North Texas can go to a bowl game. So congratulations to the Mean Green. This is uh, <laughs> the first time, this, I guess, this bowl is being played. Frisco yeah. Football Classic. Now let's backtrack here a little bit. If you guys remember, UNT was 1-6 after that loss to Liberty earlier in this season, they have just really exploded from that point out, going 5-0 and to finish out the rest of the season. Now they're at 6-6, and I believe. They just really found their identity in that run game between DeAndre Torrey and Ragsdale. Now I think that Miami and Ohio, they have a great defense. I think they're the they have the best defense in the MAC, I believe. But the one area that they struggle with on defense is that rushing defense, sure. which we've seen. North Texas can shred through those rushing defenses when they're just not very good. So I yeah. think really the, one of the keys to this game is North Texas, just play it safe and don't make any mistakes. Don't make any turnovers. Right. And I think you should have this in the bag. It's weird. It was weird how they reinvented themselves down the line because, yeah. you know, Seth Luttrell wants to throw the ball. He's an air raid kind of Absolutely. guy. Um, and they basically said, yeah, we're going to rush for 250-plus yards a game. And especially against UTSA, we saw it just like absolutely control the game. And I think that's why I'm going to take them in this game because yeah. they do. I mean, uh, we just named DeAndre Torta uh, one of our All-Texas teams. Mm -hmm. I believe he made the second team. Um, and so, like, I love the way that they've reinvented this offense. Yeah. And if Austinani doesn't have – if he can just kind of make third and short throws, maybe right. throw, th throw teams off on a first down or something of a play-action fake or something, 
then that's when he's kind of more comfortable. You're not, you don't want him really chasing these a game. These deep passes. Yeah, you don't want him taking these ch- uh, chasing a game when you're down 10 or whatever. Right. If you can keep, stay ahead of the chains, I mean, he's in a comfortable situation. He's not a, he's a smart quarterback to where if mm-hmm. he, again, comp, uh, very simple situations, he can move you down the field, lean on that running game, and they'll be fine. And that's, that's been the recipe literally to this 5-0 and run. All right, you heard it here. Both Ish and I are taking it North Texas, Come and I believe on. Pickle is two, I guess. I guess. She, she called, so yeah. I think that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Pickle, what's next up on the list? Glad Malpal is here to be my translator. Um, <laughs> all right, up next, let's go the Birmingham Bowl. Houston Cougars taking on the Auburn War Eagles Tuesday, December 28th, 12 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. Who you got? I, I don't like this matchup. I think this mm. is a very lopsided matchup. You have a G5 team mm-hmm. taking on an SEC opponent. Well, I mean, Houston's, Houston, they're basically Houston's, top five now with, with Big 12. Right. I guess, I guess you're right when yeah. you put it in that perspective. You know, Houston had a great year. They mm-hmm. went 11-2, uh, struggled quite a bit in that, that AAC championship last week against Cincinnati. Clayton Toon was really under pressure mm-hmm. during that game. Uh, I think the defense sacked him like eight times. Yeah. Uh, and Auburn hate to break it to you, has an even better rushing defense than Cincinnati does. So really, I think one of the keys to this game, protect Clayton Toon, give him time in the pocket to throw the ball downfield. Yeah. I think you should be good. I think that'll, that's going to definitely play into this. Um, I do wonder about Auburn's offense a little bit mm-hmm. um, because Houston has a very good defense, a very good front seven. Yeah. Um, I think Marcus Jones is going to play into this as well. Um, that was one of the things to me, Last week, if Houston was going to come out with a win, it was going to be because Marcus Jones and special teams and then making a play on defense. He really was neutralized in the special teams game, didn't really have many uh, uh, opportunities to make a big play. And then, of course, Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati just neutralized him with their running game, and then their RPOs um, made him a non-factor. I don't think Auburn's that succinct on offense, and so I think he'll come into play here. Um, I'm wondering – I think I'm going to go Houston. Okay. Because – Again, the Auburn defense is really good, but I think we know the recipe to this Houston offense, which is just protect Clayton Toon. Right. Right. And you don't even need to lean on the running game. You can lean on Clayton Toon if he has time to throw, right? Uh Um, That hamstring has been giving him issues all year. That's kind of been the thing. But even with that, he's been able to still make plays with his feet, looks comfortable, making deep throws, making tough throws to Nathaniel Dell. Um, I'm going to go Houston because I think that Cincinnati's just that good. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think that – I think this Houston team is still very good, but Cincinnati just – I mean, they're a playoff team. So. Right. I, I think this is probably the second toughest team that Houston has faced oh, yeah. this year by far. Definitely. Texas Tech, Cincinnati, yeah. Houston. Yeah. So they should be ready for it. I think I am with you. Mm. I think I might take Houston Famous on last this. words. Famous last <laughs> words, I know. But <laughs> I've got faith in that, in that line. So yeah. I, think, I think I'll take Houston as well. Pickle? How about we matriculate over to the Liberty Bowl? And I think the Liberty Bowl (laughs) is going to get more eyes on it just single-handedly because of this matchup than it ever has before. Texas Tech versus the Fighting Mike Leeches of Mississippi State Tuesday, December 28th, 6.45 p.m. on ESPN. That's a weird kickoff time. It is. I want to call this um, the Mike Leach Bowl. Oh, yeah. Of course. I love this. I love this matchup. This is probably one of my favorite matchups, I think, of all eight games that we have. Uh, Yeah, Texas Tech finished 6-6 
on the year, barely becoming bowl eligible, but really spark. They, they just had that spark at the last minute, you know, mm -hmm. at, towards the end of the season to become bowl eligible. We saw Tech's offense start to roll really well um, against Baylor and Donovan Smith at quarterback. So one of the keys I had to this game, Texas Tech, you know, getting their offense rolling again. They need to convert on third down to stay on the field, and they just have to really be able to give that defense some rest. Because yeah. if you remember back to that Oklahoma State game, their defense played great. You know, yeah. they, they, held them to, they held some big stops and stuff like that, but their offense just couldn't stay on the field long enough, so this defense just got worn out. And mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a big factor in this game as well. I think that's why I'm taking Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. It's because they last year I didn't think the Mike Leach hire was very good. They The offense kind of sputtered. They really were inconsistent. Well, it's the just a different kind of style that, that Mississippi well, State's used to, right? Sure, sure, exactly. Yeah. And so, and last year the defense was actually what they were leaning on. You're like, okay, well, it's a Mike Leach team thing. Exactly. Like this exactly. year it's kind of flipped. I mean, the defense is still very solid, but the offense is really caught up. Right. And so I think think that that's why I'm leaning Mississippi State in this matchup. As much as, you know, all the good vibes for, you know, Joey McGuire's hire, I think that pumped a lot of energy mm -hmm. in. Uh, the fact that Sonny Cumbie stayed on as the interim coach, um, obviously he's going to be the Louisiana Tech head coach going in the future, but they kept, he, Joey McGuire did something really smart by keeping that staff intact as what it Absolutely. was and not really getting involved right now. Um, but, you know, I still think there are, we've seen the limitations of Donovan Smith. We've seen kind of the limitations of what they can do on offense. The defense, I think, is okay. Not great. I don't think that it's the same offense. It's the same defense that gave up, what was it, 70 to Texas, right? Yeah. I don't think they're that bad. But they're clearly not, to me, to the level to probably shut down Mississippi State, who seems to be clicking pretty well right now. Yeah. So. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Mississippi State as well, too. I just think yeah. they're, this team's just going to be too much and for Tech Mike to Leach, handle. And Mike Leach looking for revenge. Oh, absolutely. A, a petty Mike Leach is, is dangerous. So. A petty Mike Leach is, is the best Mike Leach. Let's just put that <laughs> out there. I was going to say, that's Possibly. the best Twitter combo that Absolutely, we can absolutely. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's go to the Fenway Bowl. The SMU Mustangs taking on Virginia Wednesday, December 29th, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Another team looking with that, uh, I think, with the interim coach, I believe. Both of them are. Oh, yeah, SMU. Both, well, true, yeah. yeah, I guess SMU and Virginia, and Virginia. both look, yeah, both, you know. Uh, I'm going to come out and say it. I think this game's going to be an absolute shootout. Mm -hmm. I think the final score is going to be like 45 to like 50. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know. Sure, sure. But <laughs> math, <laughs> math is hard, especially math when, you're, hard. when you're on a, an internet show. But um, yeah, both of these teams, they put up a lot of points. They also allow a lot of points to be put up on them. Um, they're both two teams that like to air it out. They're both aired out offenses, um, both with subpar pass defenses as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think the key to this game for SMU is just to get more stops in the red zone than I, uh, Virginia. Yeah, I think <laughs> honestly, I think for me, the key to this game is going to be more intangible for SMU. I think it's going to be these guys are pissed off. You know, yeah. like they just went through that whole thing with Sonny Dykes. Their coordinators leave, their coaches leave. And like, I think this is going to be a, a chance for them to like win something for themselves. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, that whole coaching situation was... I mean, to me, we talked about it on Republic of Football. Um, was a joke. It's like it, it was. Yeah. It was. It's like if you're a player and you see that happen, the way it happened, right? Not necessarily that your coach leaves, but the way it happens. The news comes out about his extension that he never signed. The news comes out that he's basically taken the job. He hasn't told you anything. Yeah. You and find out. And this went on for weeks. Yeah, it's been, been on for weeks. Literally, when the tech job opened, and obviously he goes to TCU. And all those the rumors started coming out right, and stuff. He, you, you guys find out on the bus that he's leaving, like via yeah. social media. You're, you're probably wanting to just like huddle up, 
and win something for you guys. Right. Right. And not to mention yeah. them getting left out of the Big 12 conversation as well. Oh, sure. Too. Yeah, I that, mean, I'm that, sure. Yeah, that, that definitely. You see Houston get a call. Absolutely. You see Cincinnati. You're like, wait, we were, we were in the conversation with those guys right. in terms of the AAC. So, yeah, no, I have no, uh, I believe firmly that they're going to really, like, try to use this as a win for themselves. Yeah. It would be a very a confidence booster for oh, them to, to be 100%. a Power 5 team like 100%. that, to prove that, yeah, we still do belong here. 100%. You know, we're a good team. Yeah, and We I just had some issues off the field. Exactly, and I think the key to this one will be Ulysses Bentley as well. Um, Tanner Mordecai's best games came when Ulysses Bentley yeah. was a factor in the run game. Um, as good as Levine is, as good as some of those other guys are, he is the X factor. So I think if he gets going, Tanner Mordecai is going to get going. That makes his life easier where you can just hit these receivers over the top and kind of break this game open. So. I think we're both going SMU. Going SMU, yeah. SMU. Go Ponies. Mustangs. Go. Whatever you are. <laughs> What's next, Pickle? <laughs> <laughs> Horses. Uh, Gator Bowl. Texas A&M taking on Wake Forest Friday, December 31st on New Year's Eve, 11 a.m. Fun fact. Uh, these teams have already met before uh, in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a shootout. Yeah. I don't remember who won. I don't. If you can tell me who won, I, th I think he, I think it was Wake Forest. I don't think it's gonna be a shootout this year. Uh, no, I don't think it's gonna be a shootout at all. Yeah. Uh, I'll just go ahead and get right into it. One of the key Texas A&M needs to establish the run game early, I think, and jump out early because we have seen in their four losses this year that when they do get behind, it's difficult for them to come back. Yeah, Zach Calzada is not a guy you want chasing a game as no. as much as 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 he has arm talent, right? That's kind of his thing. He he can hit the deep ball if he needs to. But he's not the guy you want throwing 40, 30, 40 times a game. Right. Um, I think for this one is going to be Jimbo finding a hot hand at running back because I think this is what uh, hurt him against uh, LSU. This is what hurt him mm -hmm. against Ole Miss. When you, he's so committed to balance with, with Spiller and a Shane that sometimes you just need to let a Shane go. Because like, yeah. I think it was against Ole Miss where he was averaging like six, seven yards a carry. He right. had like their best game, or it might've been LSU, where he had like their biggest game of the day. And they, he was still committed to like both of them getting 10, 15 carries. Right. And Spiller wasn't as explosive in the run game. And you're just, and like- Just and let him fan, go. Right, yeah, like and Jimbo? fans are like, just let a chain right. be the guy for this game. And right. I think that's gonna be the big one because Wake Forest, I'll tell you right now, Wake Forest, I believe their top 15 offense in SP plus. Yeah. Um, you want to keep that off the field. Obviously, yeah. your defense is fantastic. If you're AM, you that that I mean, we put them on the cover of our magazine. We, mm -hmm. I mean, they, you saw what Georgia did against Alabama's offense, like or what didn't, what they didn't do rather, um, right. versus what AM's defense did. So they're legitimately very good. But you still want to be able to capitalize as much as you can on offense. And right. by doing that, you got to be able to run the ball. And right. that's. Again, Jimbo's way smarter than any of us will be, So, but it's no coincidence that their best performances, their best wins, Alabama, came Alabama. when they were running the ball. Their offensive line was really establishing itself uh, against the defensive line, and Zach Calzada made the throws he needed to make, yeah. not necessarily the ones that he kind of, uh, the situation. Relying kind of on him. Right, exactly. Absolutely. So. Yep, I think, uh, I think I'm going to go Texas A&M on this. I'm going to go A&M as well. Quite a bit. But this one's going to be close. Wake Forest was a really good team this year. This shouldn't be uh, frowned upon. Yeah, Dave, that, that pick game was, was really good. Yeah, Dave Clawson did, has done a really good job there. Yeah. So. All right, what's last up on our list of Finally, bowl games? Finally, how about a New Year's Six Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, as those Baylor Bears, that conference, or not Conference USA, the Big 12 champion, wow. versus Ole Miss, Saturday, January 1st on New Year's Day, 8.45 p.m. on ESPN. And speaking of that Big 12 championship, that stellar that Baylor defense. 
man, I can't, I can't even stop thinking about that very last, last drive play, of yeah. Oklahoma City. Or even the last play, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say. You can you kind of group them together. But yeah. that defense has just been stellar these past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I think one of the key matchups or keys to this game, you know, they're going to have to get pressure on Ole Miss's quarterback, Matt Carell. Yeah. He is going to be the star of this game if this defense lets up even a little bit. Right. they got to control the line of scrimmage. Oh, 100%. Like, they go from facing an offense, you know, a quarterback that we talked about, Spencer Sanders, who can turn the yeah. ball over a bit, to a guy who can win the game by himself, Matt Corral. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that for Baylor's offense to keep him off the field, right, they're going to need to really get with Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner. And I th they did that so well last week. Mm -hmm. They put Blake Shapin in very good situations to where he was making – Particularly in the first half, he made the throws he needed to make. Second half, Oklahoma State's it. defense kind of really shored up and kind of made things more frustrating for him. But they're not facing a defense that good this, this week, right? Yep. Ole Miss is a solid defense. They're not great. But obviously, you want to keep Matt Corral off the field. So I think that a lot of the outside stretch runs that they've done with Smith and then Ebner this year, that's going to be the key. And, of course, I mean, Jalen Petrie leading that defense against Matt Corral. That's going to be fun. That, that's going to be a good one-on-one -on -one matchup. Yes, because yeah. Matt Corral right now is in the, in the conversation to be the first quarterback taken off the board in the draft. Right. Um, so it, this is going to be probably Baylor's biggest test of the year probably by far. Absolutely. Um, this is going to be probably Matt Corral's biggest test. Actually, did they play, I don't know if they played Georgia this year. I don't think they did. They, uh, uh, they did not. They, they did, did not. not so, they're in the, yeah. yeah, so, um, so yeah, th this is going to be the biggest test he's going to face defensively. So... Uh, yep. That's going to be the matchup. Baylor's defense versus Matt Corral's uh, arm. Because this Ole Miss team has also been kind of just Matt Corral. Like, there really isn't yeah. a, like a star there's receiver. Not another... Yeah, there's not like a, a running back that typically you see with an Ole Miss team. It's very much been the Matt Corral show on that side of the ball. I kind of feel like they're the opposite of Ohio State. So, like, yeah. you know, Ole Miss, you got a really good quarterback that can pretty much put it in the hands of any receiver that's in the area. Sure. Whereas, you know, kind of off topic, but Ohio State, you got to – 20 million different receivers yeah. that can just jump up, catch the ball, sure. and you can have an okay quarterback. I mean, CJ Stroud's pretty good, but no, I get they're kind mean. of, yeah, the opposite. I well, and of course, Baylor's going to be on the big stage. This is a, one of the first big bowl games, New Year's Six Bowl, that they have been to in a while. So, yeah. yes, absolutely, you're right. It's going to be a huge test for I'm Baylor, Baylor, probably the, the biggest way. test. I'm going Baylor, by the way. I'm going Baylor, too. Yeah. Let's give me those bears. <laughs> I think we're good. Where's and the mascot head? Yeah, I know, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Give me Lee Corso. <laughs> Channel inner Lee Corso. But yes, uh, as these bowl games play out, Ish and I will keep track of mm -hmm. who gets the most right. Maybe we'll have to do some kind of wager on we'll Republic of Football or something, or unless you're scared. Oh, maybe. wow. Oh, let's go. Fight. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Switch the camera back before I, before I beat you up. Yeah, I was going to say, before I it gets bad up. over there, um, there it is, the College Football Bowl breakdown. Thank you to both Mallory and Ish for hopping on to do that with us. And like they said, make sure to listen to Republic of Football because as the bowl season goes on, those two, along with our College Football Insider, Mike Craven, will have you set. Um, we will be back tomorrow for a uh, mailbag Friday. I believe mm -hmm. Matt Stepp will be here. That reminds me I need to text Matt Stepp and ask him. So, Stepp, if you're in the comments, go ahead if and let me watching. know. <laughs> um, but that'll do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells, Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, on Twitter, at DCTF. And, of course, see full coverage of all the state semifinal games coming up this weekend on texasfootball.com. Thanks to Ishmael Johnson, Malpal, um, um, I am Ashley Pickle. Vince Young, come get your Play of the Year trophy. You can't see it, but it is over there. We'll see <laughs> Great you. Great camera shot. Thank you. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.